Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. Another edition of the pod. Uh, pretty slow offseason, unless you're Debo Samuel and your Instagram account has been completely swiped and wiped and the rest of the world is watching. Uh, Warriors are in the playoffs. They won their first game. The Giants are on an absolute heater. 7-2 and two with a plus 23 run differential. And the Niners started their offseason workouts today or if you're hearing this, uh, yesterday, if you're hearing this on a Tuesday morning, uh, the Niners are reporting for offseason workouts, except for number 19. Uh, but joining me today, Leo is out sick. Uh, my guy, Andrew Press Pasquini of the Sprint Right Option podcast. Um, Andrew, how are you? How's everything going, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. This is a real honor. You know, I, we started, the, Jason and I started the Sprint Right Option podcast. Uh, year and a half ago and it was a real honor to get you on the podcast and, and and back then i never once thought i'd be in a spot to be doing something with you on your thing so this this is it's a really cool experience for me personally so i'm really excited to be here right now hobby uh well i'm happy to have you thanks for coming on last minute notice um but you know this is what we do for each other we help each other out when, in time of need for uh when it comes to our 49ers and everything else the 49ers are starting their offseason workouts um to well, April 19th is when it officially starts. So guys were kind of showing up today. Uh, we saw some folks tweeting out their lockers. Tabor Pepper next to the Bosa locker. Is Bosa going to be there tomorrow? Hmm. The suspense is killing me. But one person who we don't expect to be there is Debo Samuel, as reported by Adam Schefter. Uh, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Brown are not expected to show up for their team's uh, workouts to open the offseason. Andrew, are we concerned about Debo Samuel? And this offseason story. Uh, as of April 18th or April 19th, whenever you may be listening to this, uh, no, not at all. This is all this is is posturing at this point, right? Debo Samuel's trying to get the most amount of money he can get, uh, trying to scare the 49ers and, and even a little bit of the 49ers fans, uh, trying to rile them up a little bit, trying to get that uh, pay George Kittle hashtag or pay the uh, Trent Williams hashtag go and anything he can do. Uh, to, to get his money is what he's going to do. Uh, but no, th- this isn't concerning at all. Uh, it, it's only going to be concerning if this if this drags into July and he's missing the mandatory things uh, like camp and all that stuff. Um, you know, if, if you're a fan, maybe a little concerning, but in terms of the Niners, I don't think the 49ers are going to be worried much about him missing a, you know, first day of practice sort of thing. He feels like he he deserves a certain amount of money, which he absolutely does, and, and he's going to do whatever he can to get that money. Um, whether the Niners meet him at the point he's at right now, I, I I don't know. We'll find out what happens. But right now, this is really nothing to be concerned about. I, I you know I don't I don't follow Washington or Tennessee much, and I, I don't think they're freaking out as much as as Niner fans are about the Debo Samuel situation. So right now there's there's not much there um is is it concerning that it feels like they're super far away from us an agreement right now maybe a little bit but they're not the season starts in september there's not much to be concerned about in terms of debo not showing up as i said if it's something where he's missing the mandatory things then maybe we could talk about concerns but it's april 18th we don't even know who the Niners are going to draft right now. And, and, and yeah, no, right, right now it, it's just, it's just not a worry at all. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's something to talk about definitely. Uh, but in terms of worry, I, I Debo's going to be there week one more, more likely than not. It would take really 
either the Niners really lowballing him, which is something we've seen him, you know, them do to certain players, or a team to absolutely blow them out of the water with a trade offer, which I don't think is going to happen either because it's just, it's not too often that those blockbuster type trades happen at this time of year, uh, especially this close to the draft where teams are kind of doing the last second, you know, figuring out of what they're going to be for the 2022 season. So yeah, no, right now my concern level on a scale of one to 10 is probably a two. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I, last part, I was kind of upset about how things were getting handled publicly between Debo and, you know, I, I don't subscribe to the concept of the Niners do things closer to camp. And sometimes it's okay to do things, you know, on your player's time as well, especially a player like Debo Samuel who basically carried you the back half of the 2021 season. Without him, this offense did not move. Without him, this offense did not exist. Um, but I was rereading re- the tweet. Uh, Adam Schefter states, Sources told ESPN Adam Schefter that 49ers star Debo Samuel, Titans wideout A.J. Brown, and Commanders receiver Terry McLaurin are seeking new contracts and are not expected to participate in any on-field work during the respective team's off-season programs. So that doesn't mean he may not. That doesn't mean he's not going to report. It likely means he's just not going to step on the field without any financial guarantees, and that's a completely different scenario. Like if he's in the building, cool. That's that is time for him and his representation to speak, maybe face to face with Parag and John Lynch, and maybe Jed York gets involved here to be like, "Yo, this is this is the offer. This is this. This is that." Um, I fully expect Debo to show up. I don't expect him to work out. I don't blame him if he doesn't. Um, Matt Mayoko of um, NBC Sports Bay Area has mentioned it several times when it came to Fred Warner and George Kittle that he didn't expect those guys to show up or, and they shouldn't show up without any financial, um, you know, financial guarantees from the team before they showed up. Now, George Kittle was in a completely different situation with the COVID offseason after the Super Bowl. And then, of course, Fred Warner's situation kind of was just really quick. It was just extension time and, oh, boom, done. Um, Debo's just a little, little different situation. You have an offseason filled with a lot of movement. You have an offseason filled with wide receivers on the move. Amari Cooper, one gets lost in the shuffle there. That was another one that was traded. Uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, these guys are moved because contracts are too large for some of the teams. I know the Packers, you know, were willing to pay Adams' number, but he ultimately chose to want to play with Derek Carr. And then Tyreek Hill chose the Miami Dolphins over the Jets, and he got his big payday. So Debo Samuel's situation is a little bit different, but I can understand why the Niners may be reluctant to pay, you know, the $22, $23, $24 million per year for a wide receiver. Um, But I, if you are going to insulate your second-year quarterback, you should insulate him with talented players. And Debo Samuel is supremely talented at the running back and wide receiver position. It is best that he is here, and I fully expect him to be here uh, when the season opens, whenever that is. We don't even have a schedule yet, but it's probably like September 9th or something. Um, But I I do fully expect him to be here. Now, the Niners, there are dates for this season, for this offseason program. The Niners are, their first day is actually April 19th, so that's Tuesday if you're listening to this, Tuesday morning, so that would be that today. Um, And then the next one, the next notable dates would be May 23rd and 24th. May 26th, May 31st, June 1st, June 3rd, June 6th through 7th, and then June 9th. And the mandatory stuff starts June 13th through the 15th. So 
the OTA offseason workout stuff. That's not that's not mandatory. So you might have some workout bonuses into built into Debo's contract. So maybe he wants to just show up and get those paychecks. Um, to me, I would just show up and get fifty grand and just kind of call it a day. I mean, I don't know who who's turning that kind of stuff down, but in the grand scheme of things, I guess maybe to get your point across, maybe you don't show up. But I fully expect him to probably be there. Just I don't I don't foresee him being on the field. Um, and that's two completely different things. I know a lot of fans are like, well, he's being selfish or this, that, and third. Like, we just got done praising this guy for being our MVP of the of the season in 2021. We can't flip. We're not – it is not wise to flip on your best player, right, as a fan base. Like, let's let, let's knock that off because we did see Debo, he said he was unfazed by the death threats and the racist remarks. Um Shame on you if you're that if you're that fan doing those things. And I, I know it's not a majority of the 49ers fan base. It's probably not even 49ers fans, to be honest. Um, but, you know, when it comes to guys like this, Debo Samuel, guy who plays a premier premium position, then also runs into the back of offensive linemen because he needed to. He's not a selfish player. He just needs to protect himself and his family going forward. No, and yeah, you mentioned Debo being the MVP, and it's it's not very often that you can kind of pinpoint one play that turns around a season, right? It's usually it's usually a whole game or you know a couple weeks that you say, hey, that's what turned around the season. It was literally one play that turned around the 49ers season, and it was because of Debo Samuel, the play in Chicago that I know you saw uh, live at, at Soldier Field. And and that's the type of player we're talking about. And it, it, he definitely deserves his money. And whether or not the Niners give it to him, we'll, we'll find out that that book's yet to be written. What what I find so interesting is, you know, in the short time, what five years now under Shanahan and Lynch does this whole this whole regime is we've literally seen this situation play out three separate times in the three separate situations. You know, George Kittle. It took a little bit longer, but they finally got to that point. You already mentioned the Fred Warner situation that got done really, really quick. And then the third option is, is the DeForest Buckner situation where, as I said earlier, with if they can get blown away with a trade, it in theory would make sense, right? Because the Niners, no matter how you break it down, no matter how you look at DeForest Buckner, the Niners got blown away with a deal because how many defensive tackles not named Aaron Donald? in the NFL right now is fetching you the 13th overall pick in the NFL. So that that's one of the moves Niner fans like to go back to and say Niners don't like to pay their guys, but they've shown us in other situations. Yeah. They, 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 they will pay their guys because we saw it happen with Warner and Kittle. So it, it's really interesting that we have all these reference points to go to. I, I think this will likely be somewhere in between Warner and Kittle because I think with the type of player Debo Samuel is and the way teams can use him as an offensive weapon, it would probably take closer to what the Dolphins had to give up to get a Tyreek Hill uh, than obviously what the Niners got for DeForest Buckner. I don't know how many teams, especially this close to the draft, are going to give up that much draft capital because we're talking about the Tyreek deal that happened three weeks ago uh, where the Dolphins still have time to kind of reconfigure their plans for the draft. Um, so I think this is likely something that that if it's going to get done, it'll happen probably that June area, if, if that, maybe even May if we're lucky. Um, but I, I really don't see this being a scenario where the Niners get blown away with some trade and, and they have to move or half isn't half isn't a right word, but they, you know, they're going to move on from Debo. I, I don't see that happening. I think at some point 
especially Kyle Shanahan, the way he uses him and, and Shanahan knowing the importance of these offensive weapons and how he uses Debo Samuel. I, I could see this being a situation where Shanahan steps in kind of like Trent Williams and says, no, we, we need to pay this guy. We need to keep him on the roster. And I, I think that's the most likely scenario uh, for this to happen. Um, it, it's just so interesting that it seems like every year with this 49ers team, we seem to have the same exact conversation with just different players. And I guess it's, I guess it's a good situation to be in because it means you're hitting on all these guys if you have to keep extending them. Um, but in terms of the money Debo's going to get, you know, that, that average contract people like to talk about, he, he's probably worth every penny to this offense, especially with, I, you know, theoretically uh, a very young quarterback who's going to need as many weapons as he can get in Trey Lance. Um, you would like to think the Niners are going to prioritize making sure Devo Samuel gets his money that he wants. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, well, there's fans out there who don't think, who think the Niners don't pay. They just pay when they're, when they're good and ready. But when they do pay, they, they like to set the market. They set the market with Jimmy. They set the market with Kittle. They set the market with Trent Williams. They set the market with Kyle Juszczyk. And they may likely set the market with Debo Samuel. And that market might be over the $30 million AAV of Tariq Hill. But in all, in all actuality, we all really need to just look at the guarantees of that contract. Um, when you really look at the guarantees of that contract, I want to say uh, Tyreek Hill is closer to $23 million AAV as opposed to 30 because the way that contract is structured. Um, again, there's fully guaranteed and there's practical guarantees. Um, it's all about the fully guaranteed money, and I think Debo Samuel is probably going to fall in that $55 million fully guaranteed number, uh, which would be $3 million more than what Tyreek Hill got. So I think Debo will be just fine. I think the 49ers will come to an agreement. I think Kyle Shanahan is learning that, yes, your your scheme works. It does work, right? It worked with Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon and, you know, those guys you started your 49er head coaching career with. But guess what? It works better when you have good players, like a George Kittle, a Debo Samuel, a Brandon Ayuk, you know, a solid left tackle in Trent Williams, and you kind of build your roster and you get better players. Things work much better when you have talent around you. Um Speaking of talent around you, or just talent, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the news again, uh, not for his Hooters stuff, but for his Pat McAfee and Ian Rappaport uh, conversation. Ian Rappaport joined by the WWE legend Pat McAfee uh, today, had some words about the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, possibility of still being on the Niners. Let's take a listen. Whenever you hear about the Trey Lance situation, what is your mindset there? I believe Bleacher Report uh, wrote a whole article on it. It was a Jeremy Fowler report that Trey Lance is acting as if he is the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Jeremy Fowler's reporting. Meanwhile, Trey Lance has been working out in the Bay Area. I'm told that he's got indications, at least informal indications, from the team that he'll be the guy next year. He's set to be that. Now, whether that means that they would still keep Garoppolo and that could change the dynamic, impossible, by the way. They say possibly. That would be impossible. But right now, Lance is going to be the starter. With how beloved Garoppolo is in that locker room and his energy and how positive he is, I think that would be an interesting decision. Is this what you're hearing as well in San Francisco? And is this a draft night trade potentially? Uh, first of all, let me start with one of the other things you said. I'm not so sure it's impossible that Garoppolo comes back and attends training camp with the 49ers and then we'll see what happens, right? Because he's still not going to be able to throw until June. That is if everything goes perfectly well. Right, so he's coming back from very serious shoulder surgery, right shoulder. 
Uh, it was a torn capsule, I believe, kind of outside or on his rotator cuff. So it wasn't rotator cuff surgery, but it was kind of around it. Um, if everything goes perfect, he's throwing in June. If everything doesn't go perfect, he's throwing in July, probably. So who is going to trade for him that didn't get a quarterback uh. in the draft? And then let's play this forward a little bit. Let's say Trey Lance. I don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. The people in San Francisco really, really, really like the potential. They think he is going to be great, okay. but we don't know. Let's say Garoppolo shows up and just like last year was the better quarterback. How do you not play him? Like that's the thing about like once he shows up, players know if someone is like who's better. They all know, right? I mean, you guys both know. It's not like coaches say, oh, this guy's better and players go, oh, okay. Players know. So what if he's better? Yeah, well, politics dive into that every once in a while. But I understand what you're saying. So I'm with Pat on that one. Politics come into play here. You spent three first-round picks on this guy. You need to move off Jimmy Garoppolo as soon as possible. Period. End of discussion. Yeah, I'll I'll take the flip side argument of that. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I agree. Like the Niners should have moved off him when they could. And I, I think the shoulder surgery obviously messed things up quite a bit. Um, I, 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 I've gotten to the point where I do believe that they thought that it could naturally heal. Obviously that didn't happen. So it messes the timeline up. Um, but now they're in a situation where it's less and less likely that the team's going to be able to trade him because as Rappaport said, you know, if, if a team didn't draft a quarterback, you know, they're probably not looking for a quarterback. Um, my big concern is if Jimmy Garoppolo is on this roster come August, September, which is probably nightmare scenario for what the Niners were trying to do. And especially if the Niners, if, if Kyle Shanahan thinks he, he performed better than Trey Lance, how do you not start him? Because I, I think as reckless as the 49ers have been with not being able to move Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it's even more reckless to, to, at least start the season with Jimmy Garoppolo at $26 million as a backup. You almost have to start him at that point because of the money. Now, obviously that, that situation can change. If you, let's say you go a month into the season, the Niners are two and two, two and three Garoppolo is not playing great. Obviously you make the move at that point, but it, it, this is the bed they've, they've made. And now they kind of got to lay in it at this point. And it's unfortunate because it's really taking away from a story of what Trey Lance can be. And we, we need to find out what he is at some point, but this, it, it's just such a, it's a tricky situation because it's not going to be a popular decision, especially with 49ers fans and 49ers Twitter, that if Shanahan decides that, that Garoppolo is still the guy after camp and after the preseason, it's going to be tough to say, no, we're going to start Lance because of the assets they put into him. At the same time, though, they put quite a bit of assets into Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of the dollars, right? That That's where this conversation gets really sticky. And I know there, there's the option of, of cutting Garoppolo when he can pass his physical, which may or may not be on the table. I just have a hard time believing that if Jimmy Garoppolo is on this roster for one reason or another, that he's not going to be the starter week one. Because it's it's just it's really hard to justify paying a guy twenty six million dollars to hold a clipboard twenty four whatever that money amount is, um, so so I, I don't think Rappaport's too far off in this situation. Just it's a tough situation to be in, and I'm really <laughs> happy that we don't have to make this decision because it's it's not going to be a popular one. Kyle Shanahan's going to get a lot of pushback. 
uh, if he does announce uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter week one. Yeah. But it's it's the decision that probably has to be made at that point. Part of me feels Kyle would be comfortable with putting Jimmy Bro- Jimmy Garoppolo back at the starting position. I think Kyle knows he needs to win and needs to win consistently. And if if Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that helped him get to get those wins, and he he's then so be it. Kyle does not give two craps about what Niners Twitter and the media thinks about what he's going to do. But I always go back to what John Lynch said at the owners' meetings. He said to give, to be completely forthright, though, when you make a trade of that magnitude for Lance, most of our options did not include Jimmy on our books on our team. But you always have to adapt, and a series of events happened that it didn't work out. But that's not a bad thing, though. We feel positive with it, and we'll make it work. You know, you can bring him back, right? And then you just risk, you know, Kyle, Kyle can say what he wants. Like, Trey Lance is a confident guy, you know, did a set in the third. But then you also have these other comments with Kyle where he's like, yeah, I haven't talked to Jimmy since the season ended, right? Uh, I talk to Trey all the time. You know, I, Jimmy said his goodbyes when he said them, and he made it very abundantly clear that he was looking for a fresh start. So I think both parties want to move on as soon as possible. Um, did Jimmy sabotage his value? I don't know that he did that, but I think, you know, waiting that long to have surgery when you knew you had an injury, I, I get it. You don't want to have surgery if you don't have to, but it, the timing of it was very, very suspicious, uh, with how it was. Do you want to get cut and control where you go? Okay, cool. You can get cut and get control where you go, but are you going to see $25 million from another team? My answer is no, and I think that's part of where they kind of shot themselves in the foot with Don Yee and, and what they wanted to do there. So I agree with Rapport that that behind the scenes, Lance has been told it is his job, and I think it's, I think most folks would be right to believe that as well. Uh, where I think Rapport is wrong, I think, I think Kyle had actually admitted that he was going to go to Lance at one point last year before everything turned around. So I don't know that Jimmy was that much better. You know, we have people that have been at camp and who stated that Lance was the better quarterback, but there was just situational football that was lacking, and that's the stuff that's going to come with reps. And the kid needs to play, right? Having him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo another season after not playing three years, that is, there's no, to me, there's no positive effect to that. Like, you're not going to improve drastically if you don't play. And I think everyone who's played quarterback has stated this. The only way to get better is to play. So going forward, I think, Trey is going to be the starter. I think Jimmy will not be on this team after the draft weekend. Um, I've been wrong on this Jimmy Garoppolo being moved date thing, but I think there's a real momentum here uh, with this Carolina thing, which brings me to our next point. The Panthers, they're picking sixth, right? And they don't pick again until pick 137. Would they move back from six, right? And add in a, would they u- utilize one of those picks they acquired in a trade back? to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo, because I just don't think that they're in the Baker Mayfield business. If you're Carolina, which way do you lean? And I, I would lean Jimmy Garoppolo. Just, he could possibly save Rule's, Rule's job for another year if he gets him to nine, eight wins. Yeah, and what, like, the thing is, I think the thing Niner fans can't take away from Jimmy Garoppolo is, is his locker room presence. And if we're looking at Matt Rule and the situation he's in, I don't know if I'd feel 100% comfortable banking my future on a a quarterback who the second, literally the second a rumor came out that the Browns are looking for another quarterback, released a statement saying, thank you, Cleveland, that it was great, it was fun. 
Uh, this probably isn't working anymore. I don't know if Matt Rule wants to put himself in that situation. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is 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 the guy you would want. I know he's not, you know, structured the, you know, talent wise the best quarterback you can get at this point because you know may, there's a case to be made that Baker Mayfield's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think there's a case that Garoppolo's better than Mayfield. Uh, but what Garoppolo is gonna get you is that leader, a guy that. You know, a locker room like the Carolina Panthers can um, can, can get behind. And I mean, who who was the receiver? I'm totally drawing a blank. Robbie who Anderson. The one who, Robbie Anderson, <laughs> literally saying, "No, I don't want." And then he doubled down on it. He he was given the chance to to say, "No, I overreacted." No, he literally said, "I'm gonna be me. I'm not gonna take that away." Yeah, he was like, "Hell no," to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> So, so there's situ, there's things like that, and yeah, Carolina yeah. has a massive gap in their draft picks, and they're they're in a situation where they probably could use as much you know capital as they can get. So, trading back, getting assets, and then maybe moving those picks for Garoppolo, it would make sense because you you know as I said, Niner fans, the his talent wise, we don't necessarily like it, but what he's going to give is is some layer of stability. And that's what he's given with the Niners and Shanahan's such a you know good head coach and the Niners had the weapons to, to take a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo and go to a Super Bowl and go to an NFC championship game. And I'm not saying that's what he's going to do with Matt Rule in Carolina, but in a division especially like the NFC South where the Buccaneers are probably going to run it. You're looking at the Saints, who are a little questionable. I'm I, I'm a big Jameis guy, so I like to think they're better than they are. Uh, and the Falcons, who seemingly are punting the 2022 yep. season, you're in a spot where maybe Jimmy Garoppolo makes you the seventh seed because the NFC hasn't gotten better. You look at the NFC as a whole; you have whatever the NFC East is, right? Probably Dallas coming out of that division. They stink. The NFC East is a whole stinks, right? <laughs> you have the NFC North, where you like to think the Packers are going coming out of that division just because they have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the South is is Tampa. Tampa Bay, and then the West is Los Angeles, San Francisco, and maybe Arizona. That leaves three spots for twelve different teams, and and I I would like to think that a Carolina team with the talent they have with a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo could maybe maybe not make the playoffs, but they're probably in the conversation just because of how weak the NFC has gotten as a whole. So I, I just, I don't see it. I have a hard time believing anybody would be super interested in a Baker Mayfield right now, just because of how that situation played out. I, I, I do think Jimmy Garoppolo, if you want to kind of put yourself on the, the doorstep of potentially making the playoffs as a team like Carolina, or dare I say that team who plays in the Pacific Northwest, you might be a little more comfortable with a Jimmy Garoppolo than a, than a Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think, I think that's part of it with the Jimmy thing. Like we know he's not going to win you a Super Bowl, right. Without having optimal talent on both defense mm-hmm. and offense. We know that he can help you win some games. Is he going to be the reason why you win? 80% of the times no, right? No. But he but if you have talent like a DJ Moore, a Robbie Anderson, a Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. on offense, you're good there, right? And if you utilize your first round picks uh like Carolina should on their offensive line to protect the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo can operate and he's a functional starter. Like I've always said, like I'm critical of the guy, but I've never said he's trash or terrible. I think yeah. he's I think he's a functional starter. He <laughs> is going to be anywhere between you know, 16 and 20 in your quarterback mm-hmm. rankings. 
and there's times where he might look like a top 12 guy because he's played at that level at times. But there's other times where you're scratching your head like, what the hell was that, Jimmy? Right? And that's the frustrating part about him as a Niner. But if you put him in Carolina, you just said it. The rest of the NFC is not very good. You got three teams in the NFC West that are good. Well, we'll see about Arizona if they figure out what they're going to do with Kyler. Um, Philadelphia and Dallas are probably neck and neck for that number one or number two spot in the NFC East. Is Minnesota any better this year than they were last year? Could they make the playoffs? Maybe. The Bears, where are they at? I think they're probably in a rebuild mode. Jared Goff in Detroit, not happening. So then you get Tom Brady versus Jimmy Garoppolo twice a year. Like, that's must-see TV, in my opinion. That's a Monday night football game. That's Monday night or Sunday night football. Absolutely. Like, let's get that matchup going, right? Because realistically, Carolina got talent on defense. They got Mm -hmm. two really good corners. They got Brian Burns, who should be – who should have been a Niner, but whatever. Um, they got some decent offensive weapons. They can play. Like, if, as long as you get a quarterback in there that can just be a functional starter where you don't go into games knowing that you're severely undermanned with a guy like Sam Bradford, you know, you, you have you give yourself a shot. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo would provide them some, some stability, right? And if they were going to make a coaching change, he is a, you know, a leveling type of player. Like, he could level things out for them. Um, going forward if, if Matt Rule is not there past 2022. So we'll see where they go there. I think I think ultimately he's going to be moved closer to the draft or after the draft once once everything kind of settles down. Um, hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo is healing well. You never want to see a guy get injured. You know, hopefully his shoulder, he, you know, he can get back to throwing the ball soon. Uh, but by all accounts, he's not going to be throwing the ball until late June, beginning of July, right around the beginning of training camp. So we'll see where all that goes. Um, before we get out of here, Andrew, just a couple quick things on the 49ers draft, they are picking at 61. Biggest need for this draft, is, in your opinion, is what? Uh, likely safety. I mean, that's a, that's a position they you haven't really seen them even rumored to be interesting. I know they got George Odom, who can play safety. He feels more like a, a special teams type guy, and the Niners have really addressed the special teams overall so so that really feels like that type of move and i know i know you like the guy out of uh penn state i'm drawing a blank on his Brisker. name so we'll, we'll 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 push that for you we'll, we'll push that <laughs> narrative for you uh safety feels like the safest bet uh the one i i wouldn't be against is is an interior offensive lineman with some type of versatility um i think you can get that later in the draft third round fourth round uh because there are a lot of question marks uh, on this offensive line, no matter how you cut it, whether you're like really not named Trent Williams, right? Everything else is kind of a question mark. So if you can get a guy with a little versatility uh, who can maybe play tackle or, or, you know, guard and, and ideally a guy who can transition to center because you don't know how long you're going to get Alex Mack. I, I wouldn't hate that pick at, at 61, but I, I think the likeliest scenario is is going safety at 61. And it, and it doesn't even have to be a specific type safety. You know, we, I don't think with, with what D'Amico Ryan's runs in San Francisco, you know, you don't have to look at specific a free safety or specifically a strong safety. It's just a, a guy who can keep the top on for the 49ers defense because that's what Tartan Ward did fantastically for the 49ers for such a long time is yeah they don't make the turnovers but you know the Niners defense aren't giving up big plays because of what Tartan Ward can offer and the versatility that both Tartan Ward gave because Ward you know every so often can come up and play in the slot uh Tart really developed or really showed some uh great at the line play in 2021 so if you can get a versatile safety I think that's that's 100% the slam dunk 
But if the name that the Niners have circled right now, because sure, I'm sure they have a name circled in, in big yellow highlighter, if this is the guy we want, if he's not there, I, I wouldn't be against an interior offensive lineman who can kind of do a guard center thing uh, wherever they need him. Uh, but safety's my most likely thought at 61. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're in lockstep there. Safety. I was I was thinking tackle for a period of time there once Mike McGlinchey, the injury. He does still look pretty slim, but he looks good. He's still running around, getting back to you know getting back to in, in into shape and getting healthy. So hopefully he'll be back. Uh, so yeah, I'm leading safety. Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Petrie, Leon O'Neal Jr. You know whoever it might be. I think safety is ultimately where they go. Kirby Joseph is a guy that's not spoken about enough. Nick Cross out of Maryland. There's a lot of talent here. This this draft. This draft cycle was not as exciting as last year's, obviously, because we were looking at a quarterback at pick three. And thank God there's no more Mac Jones this offseason. So that's a plus. Um, but I think, you know, there's we're two weeks away from the draft, or ten days away from the draft, excuse me. Um, it's going to get interesting for teams who are picking in the first round. And maybe the Niners sneak their way back into round one to get the guy that they want or maybe trade up in the early in early day two. Um, to get to get where they need to be because I think these safeties are going to go quickly and they may have to get aggressive to get in front of somebody to get who the guy the guy they want. I think they know that. I think the rest of the league knows that. Um, the safety class is pretty damn strong, but it is strong at the top part of it. So hopefully maybe they can move from 61 to that 38, 30, 38 through 41 range. You know, the Jets, the Bears, and the Seattle Seahawks picked, pick within those four picks, and I think there's a relationship strong enough there in New York where they can be like, hey, We'll we'll give you sixty one and ninety three for thirty eight, and you send us something back. So we'll see how this all goes. But Andrew, I appreciate you coming on with us last minute. Um, Andrew, let let people know where they can find you and everything else that you're doing. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Pasquini Andrew. Uh, there's a lot of baseball and wrestling tweets you have to go through to get my average Forty ers takes. Uh, but I I like to think it's a good time on my timeline. So you can follow me at Pasquini Andrew. Uh, P-A-S-Q-U-I-N-I, and then Andrew, the conventional way. Uh, I have a podcast uh, with a beautiful man named Jason Aponte. It's the Sprint Ride Option podcast. Uh, We record once or twice a week. It's a little slow right now, so we haven't had much. Uh, We just recorded an episode with this guy named Javier Vega that's probably coming out today or tomorrow, so be sure to check that out. Uh, but yeah, that, that's really all I got going for me. So hey, if you find if you found me entertaining enough to uh, to follow on Twitter, uh, that that's ideal here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Make sure you follow Andrew and everything at the Sprint Right Option Podcast. Um, as as always, um, subscribe, rate, review, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, make sure you're checking out everything at NinersNation.com. A lot of good content coming out. Our guy Jordan Elliott, Rob Guerrero, Levin Black, KP, everyone else over there doing really really good work. Uh, during this off season, we are on Debo Watch. We will find out if Debo shows up to the off season workouts on Tuesday, um, and we are still on Jimmy Garoppolo Watch. We'll see how this all goes. But until next week, everyone stay safe. Uh, we do appreciate y'all. So like, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get it. We appreciate y'all. Thanks. Go Niners. Peace.